Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we will be previewing some midweek matches, four games, eight teams on the slate. These are rescheduled matches from October 1st and October 2nd weekend. So we're going to be getting into some meta type of previewing today. We're going to be previewing games that we thought we were going to be previewing and now we're actually going to be doing it uh we got a lot to get into maybe a little bit of news we're also going to reintroduce our mailbag segment for everyone but quick reminder to follow us on twitter at attacking third you can also head over to our youtube page and hit subscribe so you never miss a new video an interview whenever we go live and you can also catch great extended nwsl highlights so head on over to youtube.com slash attacking third and subscribe a quick plug for everyone. It's Sunday. It's an NFL on CBS doubleheader starting at 9.30 a.m. Eastern with a special game in London between the Dolphins and the Jaguars. Then at 1, the afternoon schedule includes the Chargers and Ravens, Chiefs on the road in Washington. That's followed by Dak and the Cowboys paying a visit to the Patriots. And we'll be up at 9 a.m. and then later at 12.30 to get you set for all of the action on NFL today. And that is all Sunday on the NFL on CBS Lisa, we do it all here. Football we do and more football. Yes, football and football, American football. We we cover it all. I love it. I love these plugs. Um, now my turn to plug. Go Eagles. Go Philadelphia Eagles. Go Birds. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, but yeah, we do it all. But I'm ready to talk some the better football, uh, some soccer. In, in our opinion, we love to share those here on Attacking Third. In our <laughs> opinion, we're here to talk about the beautiful game. And we're going to be highlighting, of course, all the NWSL action that's occurring. But before we do that, we wanted to touch on a little bit of news prior to going through our preview and making our picks for everybody as usual. Uh, a little bit of news on the NWSL side, really on the players front. Uh, the Black Women's Player Collective recently launched their website and they recently launched their new logo. It is quite dope. I thought it looked really, really good upon uh, first impressions and reactions of everything. But um, just wanted to shout out them and highlight the work that they have been doing. It has really been ongoing um, for these players in this collective. This is really something um, that was being been worked on for a long time, really stemming back to the 2020 Challenge Cup when really this sort of started as uh, black players in the league ensuring that there was just a safe space uh, in order to support each other and be there for each other and continue the dialogue uh, that they were hoping to continue 
throughout throughout the league. So the the formulation of a black women's player collective came through. It was really spearheaded by by Margaret Purse. So to sort of see this all coming full circle a year later, having a new logo, um, having a new website where people can go to and stay up to date on all of the great things that they do, are doing, I think is really, really, really dope. Really quickly from their website directly and their about portion, it says the Black Women's Player Collective is made up of women in football who have come together to transform the game we see today for generations to come. We understand that when we play the game, the world watches, and by changing the game for Black women, we can change the world. Through our collective power, perspectives, and platforms, we will shift the narrative and demand equity in a sport that was intended for all. So very exciting things uh, coming out for, for them, and hopefully more things to come in the future. Huge things. Uh, I love the logo. It really fantastic job. The website is engaging and inviting. Um, definitely check all of that out. Follow them on Twitter too. BWP underscore collective. Um, a lot of good things are happening in this league, despite all of the horrible things. And it's so nice to be able to shine a light on those great things that are happening. We're here for it. And we're also here for the soccer, too, which is making its way back. These matches that we're going to be previewing and, and issuing our picks for, Lisa, they are rescheduled games. These were all games that were supposed to take a couple weeks ago, um, but they were temporarily paused, put on the back burner for a little bit in light of all of the news that had came out um, surrounding former head coach Paul Riley uh, and the stories of Sinead Farley and Mana Shim and, by extension, Kaya McCullough as well. Uh, so these were put on hold in order to allow players time to, to process and take time away from the pitch. Uh, but now those games have been rescheduled and they're midweek fixtures in this one. And they, they weigh a little bit differently now that they're back in the, in the fold. Uh, a lot of these teams are coming off of a quick turnaround. So let's just get right into it. The first one that is going to be kicking things off. If North Carolina courage versus Washington spirit, these are two teams that are currently nestled uh, right in the playoff picture. And uh, in terms of who's going to be walking away with this one, Lisa, this is a real toss up for me. I've been going back and forth a little bit, but I just feel like North Carolina is really inconsistent right now. And obviously they are going through a lot They're They have a lot that's occurring off of the pitch that could possibly be impacting things um, on the pitch for this team. But coming off of that loss, that 4-1 loss against Houston and watching them get that opening goal, but then sort of dropping things the way that they did, I just don't know if this quick turnaround going against a Washington Spirit side that are looking pretty hungry themselves and have made some statements of their own if they're going to get this one. And these two teams have been playing some pretty good regular season fixtures against each other. And the Spirit have come out a little bit on the better end on that one. So I think for me, I'm going with Washington Spirit in this one. Who are you going with? I, I respect that decision. Um, yeah, North Carolina's loss 4-1 to one against Houston on Sunday. That was rough. And Washington also played Sunday. They beat Louisville 3-0. Um, this will be the third meeting between the Courage and the Spirit. First one ended in a tie, 0-0 tie in late August. And then, or excuse me, the second one, uh, the most recent one was a 0-0 tie in August. And then in July, Washington beat the Courage 2-0. Um 
So this is the head-to-head tiebreaker between these two squads. And looking at the standings, they're number four and number five, 32 and 30 points, respectively, for North Carolina and Washington. So depending on who wins this one, they will win the head-to-head, which we could see those tiebreakers coming into a factor as the playoff push continues, especially if these teams continue to stay on that six number six bubble for the playoff mark. Um I think that Bledsoe, Aubrey Bledsoe, getting the clean sheet for Washington against Louisville just this weekend was really huge for her and for her confidence. And you mentioned everything happening on the pitch. It's it's honestly both of these teams that have been in the news cycle constantly. And I hate to say it, but that does play a factor into how these players are playing on the pitch, especially when you look at a team like Washington Spirit, who the players have come out and said explicitly that they don't know what's happening in their club and they leave training and they are reading tweets and finding out things about their jobs and their club. Um, that's a huge factor that, that, that plays into their head game a little bit, which can't not affect their game. That being said, I think that Washington is on a hotter streak right now. North Carolina needs to get back into it with players like Jess McDonald, Lynn Williams, even A-Rod. They need to be on the same page. And we see that for short moments during matches, but not full consistent times. And when you look at the attack for Washington with Ashley Hatch, Ashley Sanchez, Trinity Rodman, man, those girls are on the same page. They know what they're doing. Those players are ready to win. Um, I think that Washington will take this one. And if Washington wins, they go from 30 to 33 points and they jump to third place in the standings um, before any anyone else plays. So that's really huge if Washington can keep climbing and cle- keep jumping. So um, I'm going to go with Washington spirit as well on this one. So we're, we're both going Washington. Oh, boy. We'll see how this goes, Lisa, for us when we have to recap these games. We didn't do so hot uh, in the last one. So. We're uh, we're both uh, one for one so far in, in in making our picks. Let's roll on to this second match that's going to be taking place this Wednesday. Kansas City NWSL versus Houston Dash. You know, it's tough. I think when you're coming into a match like this and you're looking for storylines or narratives and you're looking at what is the bottom place team in the league, and then you're looking at Houston Dash team, who I think are probably giving all rain a run for their money in terms of hottest team in the league right now, most informed team in the league right now. So I think right now Kansas city is perhaps going to be closing out their season with maybe a little bit of chip on his shoulder. Not that's not a huge one, but I think they're embracing the role of potentially playing spoiler down the stretch in this. They are. And I think that that's very exciting. I mean, they're coming off of a very impressive zero, zero draw against Portland, thorns and something about this Kansas city team when they play at home, they play pretty well when they're on their home pitch and it's difficult for opposition to come on in there and sort of dominate and hourly sort of, you know, push their pressure or their attack and sort of execute their game plan. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, the narrow pitch or just, you know, having the travel on the road or what, but for whatever reason, teams have had a tough time going into Kansas city and just sort of outwardly dominating this Kansas city side. So I don't know if it's going to be as easy as maybe it looks on paper, but I'm still going to be going with Houston Dash, even with the quick turnaround. I just think that they have something brewing in the background that is propelling them into this playoff push. And I think we're going to continue to see it 
in this one. I think they want to seal their fate. They really want to take control of what's going on here because this is a team, this is a Houston Dash team that has been a little bit inconsistent at times this season. But if there's ever a time more important to get hot and to go on a streak and a run, it's right now. And I think the Dash are going to do it. So I'm going to be going with Dash in this one, Lisa. I think Houston can get on that hot streak and stay on that hot streak that we've seen from them. They have so much power in their attack. Um, and Rachel Daly, she's on something right now. And it's amazing to watch her. She wants to win. She wants to prove to this league that Houston can be the best and that they can be winners of of this league and, and this regular season. Um, and when Rachel Daly uh, rallies her team, something just kind of falls into place around her. It's really fascinating to watch. It's like a moth to a flame almost in, in the way that the ball comes to Rachel Daly and her teammates support her and everything that goes around that. That being said, this game is at Legends Field in Kansas City. And as you mentioned, Sandra, this field is a huge Huge factor to any team that comes in and plays. It's really narrow. It's a very small field in the outfield of a baseball diamond. It is a very, very bouncy field. Uh, last weekend against Portland, we saw Christine Sinclair, Megan Klingenberg, some of the best receivers and passers in the game not be able to collect the ball, not be able to keep the ball on the ground because that's how difficult it is to control the game when you're playing at Legends Field. Um, it, as a reminder... O.L. Rain went to Kansas City and handed them their first loss, their, their most recent loss. Uh, Kansas City beat O.L. Rain 1-0. Now O.L. Rain has gone on this ridiculous winning streak, but Kansas City still beat them at home at Legends Field. Um, and Kansas City, they have this great master plan to be a puppeteer and and play magician for the rest of the playoff race. Kansas city is out, but that doesn't mean they can't affect things and they can take points off team, whether that be ties or wins or anything like that. And I think Kansas city has a chip on their shoulder. I'm, I'm not going to give Houston this win. I don't okay. know if I'm going with the draw yet or a Kansas city win. I, I almost want to give Kansas city a win, a, a narrow one, hey. one nil. They had a goal against Portland that got yeah. called back at the very last second. They, they're right there. They're on the heels of getting another win. Um, so you know what? Why not? I'm going to go Kansas city in this one. Why not? Although Houston will put up a really big fight. Um, I think Kansas city will get the edge. Right on. I respect that. I'm into I'm into that. I like the energy. Like I said, I, there's just something about watching a team that absolutely has nothing to lose and yeah. sort of see them and their role while so many other teams are in the mix for playoff positioning. We're talking about teams one through eight who are vying for for positioning, really, for six spots total. And then you've got Teams like Racing Louisville, you've got teams like Kansas City and Nubisel mathematically eliminated. So it's sort of fun to sort of see the persona that they take on right now. So I'm here for it. I, I love that you're going with Kansas City. And uh, I actually don't mind being wrong when it comes to reset <laughs> because it, it gives us an opportunity to uh, to highlight that kind of stuff. So here's, here's seeing if... Uh, you and I are correct uh, on, on the recap day. Next one coming up that probably has huge, huge playoff implications uh, in this midweek fixtures. Uh, a couple of games that we feel are going to be the games that people try to uh, keep their eye on. There's going to be a lot going on, so you're going to have to probably pick and choose which matches you all are going to be focusing on. But these next two 
Lisa and I feel are probably the must-see TV ones. Uh, first up, it's going to be Chicago Red Stars versus Orlando Pride. These are two teams right now, Lisa, who are sitting just outside of the playoff standings at seven and eight, respectively. Chicago, the home side in seventh place. Orlando Pride, the visiting side in eighth place. And these are two teams who really uh, have been in the mix all year long uh, in terms of the playoff standings. Uh, sort of kind of Maybe Chicago more in that middle pack where Orlando Pride has taken a deep, deep, deep fall. We're talking about a team that started off in this regular season going undefeated in their first seven games in first place for a large chunk of that first third of the season. And now on the outside looking in, so they are really looking for a win uh, and a result themselves uh, coming off of some uh, on a bit of a winless streak of their own. And that's a dangerous team, I think, uh, to be facing a team conceptually that is uh, kind of due for one, Lisa, so to speak. It's always dangerous when you're going up against those those type of teams. So even though Chicago is the the home side here and they are having the um maybe like a little bit of the advantage on the bit of a quick turnaround and where they don't have to travel. Those are things that come into play a little bit. I think when people are looking at making picks or uh, taking a look at how to, uh, you know, which team to go if you're into betting and the lines and stuff like that, people think about that kind of stuff, but I'm not going to do it on the podcast. I'm not picking against the home side. I'm going to go with Chicago Red Stars on this one, Lisa. Of course you are. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you why (laughs) after you give me your pick. I'm going with Orlando on this one. I am. Um, This is do or die for Orlando Pride. They need to to get this win. Um, This is... Just the second time these two teams will be facing off. They play again on October 29th. So it's almost a back-to-back at the end of the season for Chicago and the Pride Orlando. Um, Orlando's coming off a pretty rough loss on Saturday, 3-2. to two, But they got back into this match. And in that one against Gotham, uh, Orlando was down 3-0. And, and they climbed back in. They almost had an opportunity to tie this up at the end. And I think when you look at veteran players on Orlando's squad, they they know what it takes to win. And they know that at this point in the season, they need to win and they need to be able to turn on the firepower before the 80th minute. Um, Whether that's a little bit of luck, whether that's more skill, whether that's starting out on the front foot, I don't know. I'm not Sydney LaRue who's been dominating this league for years, but she knows, she knows what to do. Ashlyn Harris knows what to do. Martha, Alex Morgan, Allie Krieger, Allie Riley. They, they have players on this team that can come out and win. Um, Chicago needs this win too. And I think that Rory Dames and his squad are smart enough to understand that this is the point in the season where you have to give it all. Um, But I'm still going to give it to Orlando. I think that Becky Burley has something to prove as a coach that was in retirement and came out to step in as the interim head coach for Orlando pride. Um, I, I think personally that she wants to stick around next year, despite everything that's happening. I think she wants to throw her hat in the ring for full-time coach for Orlando pride. That's a Lisa Roman take. Um, I think that she needs to get in the playoff position for that to happen, for her to have more of a leg to stand on in order to fight for her name, to be the head coach continuously moving forward at Orlando. So I'm going with Orlando on this one. I like it. I like that we're getting into the picks now and they're going the opposite ways. I'm here for it. 
I think Chicago's going to take this one. I told you I would tell you why, but I think in this match in particular, I think there's a lot of times where you could look at how the win is going to come into play, and I don't think it's going to come into play in the midfield for this one. I think the last time these two teams played, you and I recapped it. We talked a lot about how this Orlando Pride team has been kind of physical lately under Becky Burley. You mentioned them being a little bit reckless in their challenges, and I think that's going to linger maybe a little bit in the back of their mm-hmm. in their mind as they kind of go up into uh, back into Bridgeview and take on this uh, Chicago team, maybe there might not be as long of a, a leash, so to speak, from the officiating side, considering kind of the the players that walked off of the pitch, uh, you know, and the last time that they played, which was, was a while ago, and Orlando did pick up the win on that one. And something that Orlando has been really good at when it comes to going up against Chicago is sort of kind of killing this team on a quick transition or a quick counter. And uh, that comes into play because Orlando's midfield is not at the same level as a, as a midfield like Chicago. So I don't think this game is necessarily going to be won or lost in the midfield no. for either of these teams. I think it's really going to come down to who can sort of, uh, you know, find the finishing, whether it's Orlando on the transition or Chicago and how they've been showing us they've been doing these kind of ways of attack and pressuring. So I think whoever gets the first goal in this game is going to come out the winner. So we'll see. We're going, we're going either side and I don't know if it's going to be a blowout. I think maybe it might be a narrow one, but I love that we're both picking opposites so we can kind of have that to play in the back of our heads when we do the recap. But this last game, Lisa, I'm really curious to see how we do the picks on this one because it's a huge one. A number of things on the line. We've got number one, Portland Thorns, versus number two, Oil Rain. 39 points, 38 points. It's one point that separates these two teams it's the biggest rivalry in the league. It's the final regular season matchup between these two teams. O.L. Reign has had Portland's number this year. They have swept the head-to-head so far, and they are going back into Providence Park where they picked up their first win this season against Portland Thorns. And now, not only have these two teams clinched their playoff position, so they do not have anything lingering in the back of their mind there. This is absolutely a for pride and for the shield, essentially, because mm-hmm. the winner in this one is going to either keep first place or be the new first place team with only a few games remaining. So it's coming down head to head for what is going to happen in this NWL shield race. And I am so excited for this one to take place and the best part about this is it's happening later than all of the other matches that are going to be taking place on Wednesday because again there's four of them kind of all taking place within the same time you've got kickoffs that are happening within about half hours of each other and the majority of these games are going to be accessible on Paramount Plus with the exception of uh, Chicago and Orlando on Twitch but this one is kicking off at 10 30 Eastern time for everyone to take a look at it and Lisa I don't know. This is this this matchup right here for me was the most difficult going back and forth of what it's going to be. We talked a little about this about this Portland Thorns side when they went into Kansas City, what that was going to look like. And we both picked the Thorns. And one of my reasons for picking them where I was just like, yeah, I just don't know if this Thorns team is built this year to lose three in a row. And they didn't lose, but they also didn't win, and they didn't score any goals. But they're coming back home to Providence Park, a place where they dropped the result against Houston Dash in light of the first a wave of player demonstrations taking place uh, throughout the league. Um, and they, a lot of the players went on record talking about how tough of a loss that was for them to have in front of their home fans. They really wanted that match. So on the other side, we've got Oil Rain. Hottest team in the league right now. Do you agree with me? Yes or no? 
Yes, they're very hot right now. Man, I don't know. There's something about there's something about Jess Fishlock. Yeah. When she goes into Providence Park. If it, it she is fueled by that. She, she feeds fueled, off of it. She does. She really does. Um, this matchup definitely, I'm so excited to watch it. And like you said, it's later than the other ones. So like I'll already be like super in the soccer mind. Hopefully we have three good matches before that. And then this one, I'm just like going to be rearing to go, as I'm sure the players will be too. As you mentioned, Rain took these the first two meetings between these squads and same score line, actually two to one. So we're gonna make our picks and then we're gonna make picks if we think it'll be two to one again. Um, because I want to know what you think on that one. But Portland, they um, – I'm going Portland with this one. I'm going to start with my pick for you. I'm going to pick Portland despite O.L. Rain being on this incredible hot streak, despite Jess Fishlock being fueled by the energy in Providence Park that is geared against her, honestly. Um, but because of this, Portland is at a place in the season and everything that's been happening off the field has been affecting – Mark Parsons and this squad. Um, he's actually had meetings every day with the players, some small groups, some big group, just to check in on them mentally. And I think this has really played a played a role in how this squad team has been doing. And on top of that, everything has been optional for these players. Training has been optional. Meetings have been optional. Everything is optional because he is truly putting the players' mental health and safety above of the soccer game. Um, on the pitch, Portland has suffered their third straight loss, something that I never thought I would say. Uh, that is huge for Portland Thorns. It's it's they're they're winless in three. They're winless, winless in three. I'm sorry. They got the, two, they got the two losses and then the scoreless straw. Yes, which I'm I think sorry. if you're if you're a Portland Thorns player and you're kind of immersed in this Portland Thorns culture, that feels like a loss. Yes, um, yes. I mean, when I'm playing sports, if I tie, I'm like the biggest loser. So I get it. Uh, but third straight. Uh, Un they haven't won in three games, which is very, very big for Portland. And I think they need to get back on those winning ways. They understand that if they drop this match against O.L. Reign, they are no longer in first place. And Thorns want to be in first. They want to host the championship is at Portland or is at Providence Park in Portland. Um, and I know for a fact that the conversations in and around the players at Portland is we need to be in that championship game. We need to be in that game that we are hosting. Um, because of that, I'm going to go with Portland in this one. And and if Parsons wins this one, he will become the winningest coach in NWSL. There's a lot on the line for both of these teams. And, yeah. and like I said, I've been going back and forth in this one too. And I would hate for it to be a draw. I really would. I want to have a winner and a oh, loser. No. Are you going one. draw, Sandra? Oh, I'm no. not going draw. We started <laughs> We started these picks in this preview a certain kind of way, Lisa, and guess what? We're running it the same way. I'm also going thorns. Ooh. I just think that despite everything that is on the line right now for both of these teams, I just think the thorns are going to come out with something a little bit extra. I on this too. Wednesday night against O.L. Reign. Uh, and I'm looking forward for us to all sort of bear witness to another great match to go in the book of rivalry between these two teams. So I'm looking forward to it. Everybody tune in. Now, Sandra, Plus. do you think that it'll be 2-1? Do you think it'll be narrow? Let's just dig a little deeper. Yeah, think I, think it, I think it will be. I think it will be narrow. Oh. Yeah. I think that we will see goals in this one. You're going to get more um, bangers? 
I would love to see some great bangers. I don't think you can stop Jess Fishlock from scoring incredible banger goals. So I think rain will get one. I could honestly see a two, one scoreline again, considering that's the theme between these two squads. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if this one has it. I'll be I'll be laughing up a storm if we got in this recap and it's a scoreless draw or something. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. We'll see. After we hyped it all up, we'll be like, uh oh, we gotta come in and, and, and talk about it. Uh those are our picks uh for everyone. Uh stay tuned for when we do our recap uh and come back and check and see if we were correct. And we'll go back through all of the uh, the picks that Lisa and I went really quickly for you all before we take a quick break. We're going to give you these standings so you just sort of get a better understanding of what's on the line this Wednesday. First place, Portland Thorns with 39 points. Oil Rain in second place with 38 points. Houston Dash in third place with 32 points. North Carolina Courage in fourth place with 32 points. Washington Spirit in fifth place with 30 points. And New Jersey and New York Gotham FC in sixth place with 29 points. On the outside looking in is Chicago Red Stars in seventh place with 29 points. Orlando Pride in eighth place with 28 points. And ninth place is Racing Louisville FC with 17 points. And in 10th place is Kansas City NWSL with 12 points. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Lisa and I are reintroducing the mailbag segment. So stay tuned. Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I love the mailbag segment and I'm so happy it's back, Lisa. How about you? Me too. I love it. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts uh, with a question and we will answer it. We've gotten so much great feedback of people saying that they love the show and they like listening. Uh, they like our picks as well, which is really fun. But we've also gotten a lot of great questions. Um, so keep sending them in. It, it can be about anything and everything soccer maybe even some not soccer if you're if you're feeling that but about things happening on the pitch off the pitch players nwsl u.s women's national team european women's side um whatever you have questions about i'm sure other people do so ask them to us on apple podcasts and you know we'll answer them and they'll be maybe featured on our mailbag segment maybe featured on social media so ask away. We're here to answer all of your questions. And I do love them, Sandra. And sometimes we get to debate a little bit, but I'm I'm pretty pumped for what we have lined up for this segment right now. 
I am too. Uh, you know, I, I love whenever anybody like engages with us and like we get these questions that come in and we've gotten to a point where um, we've had to filter through them <laughs> a little bit just because we get so many and I love that they stem across like, like beyond NWSL. We've got people who want to ask stuff about um, our, our opinions and our, and our thoughts on like U.S. Women's National Team, um, stuff that, uh, you know, across the pond in, in, in the European side of the game. So I'm, I'm loving it. So keep them coming. And um, we're going to take two for this mailbag segment uh, this week. This first one uh, comes from Valentina de Virginia. And uh, they say, love the podcast. Best place to get the latest news about NWSL and the U.S. Women's National Team. And uh, their question is, uh, states, for Hispanic Heritage Month, could y'all highlight some of the noteworthy Hispanic players in the leagues? And Virginia... Valentina de Virginia, I would love to do that. <laughs> let's let's do it. Um, you know, you're talking about uh, NWSL and U.S. Women's National Team uh, specifically. So in terms of NWSL, we are really lucky that there are some really great uh, Latinas who are playing in the in the league uh, right now. Uh, most notably, I think at the top of my head is somebody like uh, uh, Rocky Rodriguez, someone mm-hmm. who has uh, been in the league for quite, quite some time was a first-round draft pick for uh, formerly Sky Blue FC, uh, coming out of Penn State, and a Costa Rican international. So she's a Costa Rican international who has played with La Cele for really her whole life with the youth programs and into now, um, but got her collegiate play here in the United States. So she is this wonderful kind of player to watch that sort of has all of this very smart tactical prowess on the ball, but is absolutely not someone who can be pushed off of it at the same time. (laughs) And you love to see it when it comes to, to those type of players. So she's doing a lot of great stuff with Portland Thorns right now. There's been a great, um, midfield pivot that we've seen at times with somebody like a Rocky Rodriguez alongside somebody like an Angela Salem, or sometimes if it's just been a direct sub for sub, uh, same thing, but um, absolutely somebody that you want to pay attention to uh, when they're on the pitch. Uh, I would also highlight right now uh, somebody like uh, Sofia Huerta, who uh, identifies as Mexican-American, um, somebody who has a long history as well with, with both uh, international clubs or teams with uh, the, the Mexican women's national team and the United States women's national team. Uh, and she's turning it up right now um, mm-hmm. in, in the league for all reign now that she's getting some more time on that wing at the outside back position. And that's a player to maybe try to pay attention to right now specifically because she is someone similar to Rocky Rodriguez who has been in the league for quite some time, got drafted in 2015. And a big part of her career was primarily in an attacking sense on higher up the line. So whether it was in the top line, in the middle third, that is where people typically saw Sofia Huerta, whether she was playing for Chicago Red Stars formerly or Houston Dash formerly. But now with... Oh, rain. She's starting to get more time at the outside back position under Laura Harvey, and it is absolutely uh, paying dividends uh, for that team. And we're starting to see in this in this playoff push. So uh, I think her story in particular is entering a very interesting next chapter for her. And I think that that's a player that people need to try to keep their eye on uh, in this next uh, phase of her career. How about you? You got anyone you want to shout out? I mean, Sofia Huerta. I really love watching her and her evolution in this game and how she's gotten better. Um, I want to shout out someone that 
listeners may not know uh, Sabrina Flores. She's on Gotham FC. Uh, she she gets some minutes. She's not a starter for them, but I follow her on social media, and I am just in love with her positivity and her energy that she brings and her support that she has um, for her teammates and everything that's happening on and off the pitch. She also does a lot of like individual trainings for players outside of her Gotham playing professionally. Uh, she's been a huge supporter of Carly Lloyd throughout these last few weeks and, and heading into Lloyd's retirement. But um, Flores is, is great. She interacts with fans. Um, and when she does get on the pitch, she is energetic and all over the place. She slots into the midfield field sometimes sometimes outside back um she can provide a lot so she's another player that i know we highlighted some big ones in in rocky and in sofia horta but um i do want to shine a light on some of the ones that don't get as many minutes but still putting in so much work because man isn't that the truth when you're an athlete and you're just training yeah. and working so hard but you're loving every single second of it and and you just want to be honored for that so, no, so i love true. this I question I love that you brought up uh, Sabrina Flores. She's she's one of those, like, I think what we refer to as sort of kind of like meat and potato type yes. of players in, in the league, like a player that you know will, that, that you know maybe might not see the starting lineup week in mm -hmm. and week out, but who is absolutely like essential to the makeup oh, and yeah. chemistry of a team when it comes to being able to have <clears throat> a long extended and healthy bench for yes. a team and she's one of those those options uh for gotham fc for sure and i love that you brought her up because we also love a plug if people are interested in digging into investigation during the 2020 challenge cup at cbs sports we had a great uh one-on-one -on -one feature with sabrina flores and that is still live to my understanding <laughs> on the website so if people are interested in uh her story and how it came about she's a, a, a kid from new jersey and has played all over the place and in Fun Europe and came back and found a home back in New Jersey with the, with her current club. So uh, people can go check it out and take a look at that if they're interested. But, but those are just, just a few. I, I, we can actually keep going. Uh, contrary to popular belief. Um, I know people think there maybe aren't a ton of uh, Latin American players in NWSL and maybe to some extent that rings true a little bit, but that's not to say that they don't exist at all. They do. And uh, I want to thank you for the question and giving us an opportunity to answer a little bit. So maybe uh, check out those players. And if anyone else has anyone else that they want us to highlight or take a look at, we can, you know, you can let us know on Apple Podcasts with a five star review. Let's go to this next question, Lisa. Uh, this one comes from Felix Jr. I'm going to try to pay respect as I did to Valentina de Virginia, just in case you go by Felix instead of Felix. Felix, let's take a look at your question. Uh, besides donating to the NWSL Players Association, what else can fans do to support the players at this time? Thank you. Uh, a great question, honestly, and one that we want to keep answering, not just mm -hmm. this mailbag segment, but uh, what's some best advice that you can give, Lisa? I've, the best thing you can do is listen to the players and the players of the NWSL and the Players Association. Um, they've really tried to be a united front, especially on social media, putting out their demands and what they're asking of the league and which is what the Players Association wants you to know about them is that they are one unit with one voice and one face. So the best thing that you can do is listen to them and support them uh, financially, of course, yes, donating. But I, I think watching the games at week in and week out and watching all the hard work they're putting in 
on the field, not just paying attention to them when they're in the big news headlines on the Today Show and things like that, but every single day paying attention to what these players are fighting for, what they're struggling with. Another platform that they're focusing on right now is no more side hustles, which is something else that everyone just needs to be aware of, that these players don't make enough that they have to have multiple jobs just to support themselves. Um, But I would say listening to them, watching them, uh, paying attention to them after all these news stories dive down and they just have soccer, which is all they want to be focused on, keep supporting them. Buy tickets to games in your market, travel to games, write a sign at the games and show your support for them. Show that you're listening, that you believe them. Um, The supporter signs across the last few matches and few days of matches have been just tremendous, just letting the players know that we hear you and we stand with you. Um, But those are the biggest things I think for me and, and the players would love is your support. Listen to them and believe them and spread the word. Tell everyone you know about what's happening and who these wonderful women are and these wonderful athletes and where they can watch them and how they can get tickets to them. But Sandra, for you, what what do you think they people could do? Yeah, no, I think you nailed it, Lisa. I think mm-hmm. all you do is really, ah, geez, <clears throat> kind of echo that a little bit. Um, it, I can't, I can't, I have to just echo and maybe rehash the listening part because what we're, what we're witnessing right now for the, from the players association specifically during this very, very crucial time in the league right now is that they are trying to utilize their platforms. So they are issuing messaging, they're issuing demands, they're putting all that forward. So yes, uh, donating financially is probably the best and most direct way a person, a fan can support uh, the players at this time, of course. But the reality is, is that maybe that's uh, not a possibility for, for everybody um, that supporting financially might not be something that a person could do at this current stage uh, in their life financially. So finding the other ways to do that. So reemphasizing the aspect of yes, donating maybe it doesn't have to be 50 bucks maybe it doesn't have to be 25 bucks maybe it could be five bucks if that's something that you could spare and even if that's not something you could spare really take the time to go over look check their website read their messaging go to their socials see what they're talking about read what the the demands that they are putting forth and what they would like to see for the league and themselves moving forward and simply reamplify that if you are able um, I'm in agreement with Lisa that that also extends to trying to support them uh, on on the pitch and on the field. And I know for a lot of people that that's tough, that the concept of like giving money, like purchasing a ticket and going to a game and how that sort of goes in the pockets of maybe the ownership and how that can be a little bit backwards. But players have said that they want the support and they need that support right now in game and on the pitch. And that means if you're able, if you're local, buying a ticket to a game and going to a game and cheering for these players on the pitch or standing with them in silence during their player demonstrations uh, when they are pausing games in the sixth minute. Um, and I would also extend all of these same things that Lisa and I are talking about right now, um, <clears throat> you know, to the Black Women's Player Collective mm-hmm. uh, specifically as well. Um, because not everybody's experience in this league is singular or looks one kind of way. And for some players in this league, uh, things like racialized moments have occurred and have happened. Um, And it's also important to not forget those players 
and those narratives and those stories as well. So while people are also doing the effort to try to support, watch, uh, and and be there for the NWSL Players Association as a whole, I would also encourage them to try to extend that energy as well to the Black, uh, to the Black Women's Player Coalition if they have the means and the time to do so. So uh, thank you. Felix, thank you, Valentina de Virginia, for your questions today. They were dope. We enjoyed them a lot. We saw them and we couldn't wait to, to hop on to the episode and, and reintroduce the mailbag segment with these questions. So I want to thank everybody for listening today. Uh, just want to let you all know that you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast show. Uh, if you leave us a five-star review with a question, guess what? Lisa and I will answer it as a part of our mailbag segment. We've been getting a lot of them and we've been filtering them out. But I promise you, if you leave one, we're going to answer it for you. We're also available as video. So head on over to YouTube, subscribe, go to youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And Lisa and I will be back Friday with a recap of all of these matches and a weekend preview for Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman. This was a techie.